the Oxford Centre for Triple Value Healthcare, otherwise known as 3V, scans over 30 journals seeking out important papers on value. To save you time, 3V assesses this research to identify the implications for value-based healthcare and summarises them on our blogs and in our podcasts. This week's paper of the week actually isn't paper of the week at all. It's a paper of a couple of years ago, 2017, and was done by McIntyre et al. in Health Economics, Policy and Law. But it's a really interesting paper because it gets us into a very profound question around healthcare. Can we spend too little or indeed too much on healthcare? Actually, this paper is trying to work out what the basic level of spending is. So it's entitled, What Level of Domestic Government Health Expenditure Should We Aspire for Universal Health Courage? Most of the world uh, has some form of universal health coverage. And this paper uses Don Abedian's approach of looking at the effect size against resource use. And those of you familiar with Don Abedian's curve, and it's, we've included it on our blog, uh, shows that there is a law of diminishing returns. To begin with, we see great effects, and as we put more resources in, that increase in effect reduces. And so the authors have used this kind of thinking to determine how much should be spent as a minimum for a universal healthcare system. They use two different uh, indicators to work out how much that should be. First of all, they use a WHO target of -of out-of-pocket expenditure. This is to say, how much are people having to spend on their own health care because the universal healthcare system isn't supporting them? If people have to spend too much, it increases poverty, it can lead to economic problems, and so on and so forth. And this is why universal health care is not just seen as a health benefit, but as a societal benefit. It actually helps the economy of a country. So using the WHO target, they come up with a figure of around 5 to 6% of spend of GDP by comparing the spending in different countries and then looking at the, un- the out-of-pocket expenditure. So in some countries uh, with a low GDP spend, there was a very high out-of-pocket expenditure, and in countries with a high GDP spend, the opposite. And there was a correlation between the two, and that point of optimality they determined was around 5 to 6%, as I've described. The second thing they looked at is workforce numbers. And again, they turned to the WHO, who have determined basic levels of uh, clinical and other healthcare workforce uh, employees required per capita in a country to provide universal healthcare. And once again, that inflection point, the point at which you got maximal benefits for the amount of spend was around 5% of GDP. So using these two parameters, and obviously this can be uh, criticised and other parameters could be used, but using these two interesting parameters, we can see that you can get a sufficient workforce and minimise out-of-pocket expenditure to an acceptable level by spending around 5% of GDP on universal health care. Now, does that mean that's all we should spend? Well, no. 
Uh, you'll see again in our blog, we've added a couple of bits of analysis. So using data drawn from the uh, excellent Commonwealth Funds website, we've started to correlate amenable mortality. This is the uh, mortality that can be affected by healthcare. And we've correlated that amenable mortality uh, with actual spend, dollar spend per capita. And it does look like the more you spend, and this is well above that 5%, uh, there, there gets to be in reductions in amenable mortality. That's to say the healthcare system is in, uh, continually giving greater benefits. So 5% is the minimum. More represents uh, some better uh, outcomes in terms of amenable mortality. But looking at that graph, it's very clear that also some countries get much greater value out of them what they're spending than others. So Australia manages to have an amenable mortality rate of 62 when it is spending pretty much the same amount per capita as the UK, which has an amenable mortality for 85. Australia appears to be getting greater value. And that's true across the whole graph. So 5% is a minimum, spending more is better, but even then some countries get better value than others. But when you add the United States to the graph, something interesting happens, and actually the correlation between amenable mortality and spend reverses. That's to say uh, the US has a effect on the graph, which means it looks like it gets worse. And that's because the US because of its very high level of spending, is beyond the point of optimality. Donna Beedin, as well as talking about uh, this law of diminishing returns, also pointed out that in healthcare, the more we do, the more harm we do. And when he put it onto a graph, he showed that it's at, there was a point of optimality at which the net benefit taken away from the harm gave you an optimal effect size. And again, this is shown in our blog, uh, and we often use this graph in many of our talks. So the US very possibly has gone beyond that point of optimality. It is causing, the more it does, the more harm it does, for a very small increase in benefit. Uh, the blog, we also show a very interesting graph, again from the Commonwealth Fund, which shows this correlation strongly. In the US, the more they spend on healthcare in different areas, the worse the outcomes are. That is to say, quality falls the more you spend. Surely this doesn't apply in countries like the United Kingdom, which spends around 9.7% of GDP compared to the US's 17.9% of GDP. Probably not. But actually, when you go down to particular conditions, say musculoskeletal disorders, MSK, what we know is there's a huge range in spending. So in some areas in England, they spend 44 million per million population, and in other areas, 153 million per million population. So it is highly possible that in the 44 million area, if you happen to live there, they may be spending too little and in the area where they're spending 153 million per million, it may well be too much. And then we may well be seeing the same effect as we see in the US in general. There may be worse outcomes in that area 
because of the greater spending. We don't know, but it's highly possible and certainly needs considering. So, in conclusion, countries need to spend around 5% of GDP, according to this paper, to achieve a minimum standard of universal healthcare coverage. That would seem reasonable. Spending more can bring even greater benefits if we are to uh, believe what we see about reductions in amenable mortality. But some countries seem to be a lot better at doing this than others and therefore represent better value. It is possible to spend too much on healthcare, as the data from the US suggests. And even in countries like the United Kingdom, where far less is spent on healthcare, the variation in spend on particular conditions suggests we may still be seeing overspending on healthcare in certain areas. Interesting paper. I think the conclusions that we've come to uh, have to be taken uh, in conjunction with all the possibles and probables I've used to describe them. But these are profound questions because every time we spend an extra pound on healthcare, that's one pound less that goes on educating our children or helping children in deprived backgrounds have a great start in life. If you want to stay informed about important developments in value-based healthcare, you can subscribe by joining our mailing list at www.3vh.org.